Amen. If you're thankful for our worship band, would you give them a hand this morning? That is, that is not easy, uh, and I know, uh, I know the nerves that are going on, and I know that they want to do well for the Lord and uh, for us, and they have done a great job, and I'm so thankful for them this morning. Uh, if you have your, your outline, you want to get that out and start taking notes, we're going to be here for another couple hours, Greg said, so we should be okay. So uh, yeah, if you're watching online, we want to invite you to get your bulletin out and get your blanks filled in today as well. I've entitled this message, You Are Precious. You are precious. Did you know that? You are precious this morning. And it is Family Sunday, and I love to hear the voices of our children in church. Would you just say amen? Celebrating our children and our families today, what a joy it is to hear these voices in our services. To, to some parents, and I was one of those parents, that when it was Family Worship Sunday, there was times where we just stayed home and had family worship at home. It was a lot of, little easier when we had little guys and gals to, to just do that. But I'm thankful that we don't do that anymore, that we come to church and that those voices are here. Did you know, though, that it hasn't always been that way? Some of us have grown up in an era, in a season, in a tradition, if you will, with a different viewpoint on children. And that tradition, if you're taking notes, jot this down, that tradition was children should be seen and not heard. Anybody grow up in that era? Okay, yes, some of you are still here today, yes. Children should be seen and not heard. I'm so thankful that we can learn and grow, amen? I'm so thankful that we can move beyond some of our traditions at times and we get to grow up and mature and we get to lead our children well today. For some of us, we get to be blessed with children of our own and for others, you've been called to parent children that are not your flesh and blood and that's a great blessing in and of itself. And for others, even still, you're called to be a parent figure in the lives of children all around you. You get to be a teacher or a role model or, or an example in just how you live your life. You see, I believe God intended children to be a blessing, amen? And guess what? If you're alive today, you were once a child. All the children say amen. Amen. Yes, everybody should say it. Amen. You were once a child. We were all children. And so this applies to everyone today as we celebrate our children. And I'm excited to do that. The psalmist wrote about this blessing as he writes, Children are a heritage from the Lord, offspring a reward from Him. Like arrows in the hands of a warrior are children born in one's youth. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. They will not be put to shame when they contend with their opponents. Blessings. So we have, children, we have traditions that we've learned from. We can grow and mature in those traditions. And we see from God's word a blessing that I want us to see today. That children are a heritage from the Lord. And the Bible says, blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. That is such good news this morning. As I was thinking about family worship today, and I was thinking about the baby dedication and the Bovin family just giving us the privilege of being with them as they dedicate little Aiden to the Lord this morning, I couldn't help but think about what God's Word says and what Jesus said about the children. So I want us to take a closer look at that this morning as we dive right into our text from Mark's Gospel, chapter 10, 
Mark's Gospel, chapter 10. If you have your Bibles or you have it on your phone or your device, I want you to turn there with me this morning. Mark chapter 10, we're going to begin reading with verse number 13. You can follow along as I read from God's Word this morning. People were bringing little children to Jesus for Him to place His hands on them. But the disciples rebuked, or the disciples scolded them. When Jesus saw this, he was indignant, or he was angry, and he said to them, Let the, ch- let the little children come to me, and do not hinder, do not stop them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly, I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. And he took the children in his arms, he placed his hands on their heads, and he blessed them. This is the word of the Lord for us today. Amen. Thanks be to God. The story that we read in Mark's gospel is also found in Matthew's gospel, chapter 19. And it's really just a few verses, as you can see, where Jesus is talking about the children in particular. But I want us to see the background of really what's going on and really what Jesus is doing here in this setting. To give us a little context, we need to see what this day has brought about for Jesus. Jesus has been teaching on the family. Jesus, if you go back and you read the the verses and the chapters before this story and, and after this story, Jesus has spent this time teaching on various issues that come up in families. He's been teaching about divorce. He's been teaching about premarital relationships. He's been teaching about the husband and the wife relationship. And now he's getting into a place where he's teaching about parents and children. During these teaching times, it was very customary that Jesus would go out and he would teach the entire day long. And so he would go out onto this hillside, as we read about in Scripture, and he would go and he would begin to teach these lessons. And as Jesus began to grow in in notoriety and people were interested to know who this man was or what he was going to say, they would make plans to go and to listen to Jesus teach. It was, it was pretty customary in this time that it would last the entire day. And so as families decided, we're going to go because we've heard that this man, Jesus, this rabbi, this teacher, this Messiah has come. And we want to hear what he's saying. And so we're going to gather up our children and we're going to go out and find where Jesus is teaching. And we see this in scripture in different places where he's teaching and then all of a sudden... I don't know about you, but how many of you eat every day? Amen. Yeah. So as Jesus is teaching all day, we usually need to stop and eat, don't we? And so we see this happen in Scripture where Jesus is teaching and then all of a sudden they have to pause. Why? To feed the crowds. And we see Jesus perform miracles in feeding the the crowds as he's teaching. So it makes sense for us as we think about family worship and we think about what Jesus is teaching about, that this family would take everyone. It became a family trip, a family worship time, if you will. And we mentioned earlier some of the traditions that some of us were raised in, that children should be seen and not heard. But let me give you some facts about raising children in Jesus' time frame. These, these facts, these things that I read this week were alarming to me, but it makes sense as I think about Jesus and his actions in this story. 
Here's some facts about children at this, in this era. Children were considered a low class of society. Children would often get sick and be outcasts of the community. We, again, read in Scripture of those that had diseases they would put on the outskirts of the town. And so children were not, um, not left out of that. They were put in those outcasts in the community as well. Disease, malnutrition, violence, abuse, hard work, labor-intensive families, and other factors contributed to a high rate of child mortality. Some commentators that I read this, this week said that some 60% of the children were deceased before they were 16 years old. 60%. And then I read this, over 70% of the children in this era would have lost one or even both of their parents before they were a teenager. So it's no surprise then that there would be children who were in need of a special touch. Amen? One commentator, Robert Snow, said this. He said, without any support system, children and orphans took their place alongside the vulnerable members of society. Well, as we know, as Christians, as Christ followers, as we get to know Jesus, Jesus cares about the vulnerable in the community. Amen? Jesus loves the vulnerable. Jesus is teaching, and the chances are that in this area, they were not just families that came out to see Jesus. Jesus is teaching out on the edge of town for a reason. Most likely, it wasn't just the families that have their nice little crew all gathered together and they sit down to listen to Jesus teach, but most likely there were orphans that were out running around in this area as well. And I can just imagine, I I am not an orphan, I I didn't grow up that way, but I can imagine that as an orphan would grow up, they are looking, they they are straining for that next meal, they are straining for attention, they are straining for things that they are lacking. And so as this crowd gathers, I can only imagine that these orphans, that these children that are sick begin to just flood the area. And as Jesus continues to teach on the family, these children are everywhere. And I believe that as we read this story and we find out what Jesus is saying, I believe that Jesus challenges his disciples here. And if we are a true disciple of Jesus, I believe that challenges for us today as well. Amen? So let's see today how Jesus blesses the children. In verse 13, it says, One day some parents brought their children to Jesus. So they bring their children to Jesus. The first part of the blessing means that we've got to take them to him. Amen. We got to get them to Jesus. In the original language, this verb bring, or in some translations, it says they brought their children to Jesus. This verb in the original translation means that they were brought for a couple different reasons. Okay. So as we just read about the the era of raising children in this time frame, many of these children may have been sick, they may have had diseases, they may have had issues that Jesus could heal them from. And so it says that they brought their children to Jesus. This verb means they came because they needed healing. They needed a touch from Jesus. And children were coming to Jesus so that he could heal them. This, again, was not uncommon for Jesus. 
Let me just refresh your memory. Jer- uh, there was a, a ruler, an official in, in the government there named Jairus. And Jairus' daughter becomes sick. And he sees Jesus teaching in his area. And he says to Jesus, Jesus, would you come and heal my daughter? And Jesus goes and he heals the official's daughter. We see another time in scripture where Jesus is, is teaching and, and somebody comes to Jesus and says, Jesus, I know that when you speak, power is released. People listen when you speak. They do what you say. And so I want you to know that, that my daughter is sick and I need you to speak right now or she will not live. There's no time for you to come with me. Just say the words and I know she'll be healed. And Jesus was impressed with this man's faith, and he says the words, and she's healed. In Mark's gospel, we see another time where Jesus is teaching. He goes into a house, and the girl was already dead. Jesus goes up into the room. He assures the parents she's not dead. She's just asleep. And what does Jesus do? He heals. He brings back to life this precious little girl. So it's not uncommon for Jesus to heal people in their needs, especially children. These people who were bringing the children to Jesus, they wanted to see their children healed by the master's hand. So the Bible says they brought their children because they wanted to see their children become well. How many of you want your children to be well? Amen. We want our children to be, well, we bring them to Jesus. The second reason people brought their children was this. They believed that Jesus was the rabbi. He was the teacher. He was the prophet they were waiting for, the Messiah. And it says that they, were brought, they brought their children to receive a blessing from Jesus. Again, this is not uncommon. In Genesis chapter 48, we read about the traditions of this, this nation bringing their children, 13 and years and younger, the boys to the rabbi, to the teacher of the, of the community. Why? Because they wanted to receive a blessing over their lives and over their families. So these, these families are bringing their children, their, their boys that are becoming in, coming into to their adolescence, into manhood, and they want the, the rabbi to lay his hands on them and to bless them. To give his anointing, his blessing to these children. It's a very important part of Jesus' ministry. And in fact, this was an act of faith for the parents. An act of faith for the families to say, you know what, we've heard this Jesus guy is out here teaching. The things he says happen. He preaches the truth. And when he does certain things, he does miracles, people are healed. This, this man is not normal. And so it was an act of faith as these parents go out to see Jesus to say, we believe Jesus is the man we've been waiting for. We believe he is who he says he is. And so we want to take our family to see him. I can only imagine as a, as a, as a dad myself, as I think about my kids, that if I knew that there was somebody of significance, either to my kids' life or to my life, and they were going to come to our area, I would probably do everything I could to get my kids there to see this person. And I can only imagine that it's the same thing for these parents. They, they wanted to get their children close to Jesus. 
I, this isn't gonna this isn't gonna matter to a lot of you, but uh, as I grew up in the Church of the Nazarene, one of the special things that was afforded me as a pastor's kid was we got to hang out with all the special speakers that came. That was pretty cool for us, and and not everybody got to do that, and so. It was, it was one of those things where there were times, I will admit, when we would go out to the restaurant where we were put in the corner and we were supposed to be seen and not heard. Uh, and I understood those moments. But then there were other times where we were at the table together with the special guest. And I'll never forget this one time where my dad, uh, we were at this special church meeting, this conference, and the person that was there was one of our general superintendents of our church. And and he was administering the district assembly at the time, but he was preaching the night before. And this general superintendent happened to be my dad's college pastor. And so my dad, it had been many, many years, and he goes, he probably doesn't even remember who I am. But let's go up, and I want to introduce you to him. And I was, I was about 13, 14 years old, so I had already received my call into ministry, and so I was pretty excited to go meet this general superintendent of the Church of the Nazarene. And as my dad walks up to Dr. Paul Cunningham, he introduces himself, and Dr. Cunningham and his graciousness remembered my dad and remembered teaching him in his young adult Sunday school class at College Church. And my dad introduces me, to general, the general superintendent, and I'm standing there, and he's addressing both of us. And as soon as my dad introduces me to Dr. Paul Cunningham, Dr. Cunningham did something that I will never forget. As we're standing there in front of him, he's looking at both of us. Dr. Cunningham turns and puts his back towards my dad. And he looked me square in the eyes, and he began to speak into my life. You see... My dad knew that this man could bless me because he had blessed him. And he wanted me to get close. And he did everything he could to bring his child to receive a blessing. That's what these parents are doing. They're bringing their kids to receive this blessing. But the disciples, they, they don't think this is too important. The disciples, Jesus is close, his, his 12 are right there, and they're like, this is not the time or the place. And they begin to stop the parents. They begin to say, no, 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 this is not the time or the place. You need to go. And this is probably because of many different factors. It was probably late in the day. How many parents ever get tired late in the day? You just can't wait for bedtime? You know what I'm talking about? I, I'm at this stage in my life where... Bedtime for my kids is later than bedtime for me. <laughs> That's hard. Because I want to go to bed, but they're still up. And I just don't, I don't understand this. And so we're working through that in our home. But there's times where you're just tired. You're weary. And so I can just imagine it's late in the day. These disciples are tired. They're trying to push people away. Say, you know what? We've got other things we need to do. They, they probably thought there was more important things that Jesus could be doing. They might have thought that, you know what, there's probably other sick people. We need to get out and go to those other places. You see, there's so many excuses that the disciples could have thought of. And yet Jesus commands his disciples, don't stop 
the children. Don't stop the children. I asked permission to share this story, and I want to share this story because it's a way that, that sometimes we end up stopping our own children. Alicia was going to Quincy a couple of weeks ago, and, and we had given um, one of our children, one of our childs, one of our kids, one of them, we had given them an allowance. And as any good teenage kid thinks, that allowance is burning a hole in their pocket. You know what I'm talking about? So they were in Quincy, and they wanted to go and get snacks. So Alicia's thinking, you know what? we got to find a gas station, and we're going to go let them spend their money and get a snack for the ride home. And so she finds this gas station. She pulls into the gas station, and she goes up. They pick out their snacks. They knew exactly what they wanted. They take it to the counter. And Alicia's allowing this child to do all the work, to get the money out of the wallet, to pay the right amount of money to the cashier, and it's taking a little bit longer. It's a new, it's a new learned experience for this child. And Alicia's standing there watching. And the cashier is so patient, so kind, so loving. And Alicia looks at her and says, you know, thank you for being so patient. Thank you for helping. And this cashier says to Alicia, every child needs to learn this. We need to take the time to be patient with them to learn this. You see, this cashier did not stop the children. She accepted. She brought in. She made that child feel so special. And many times we as adults, we as grown-ups, we do certain things and, our, and our, our actions and our words end up stopping the children. We stop the children and, and we do this in various ways. And I think that the Lord wants to challenge us as, as grown-ups, as adults today. When we stop the children, we are stopping a blessing. How do we do that? couple things real quick. One of the ways we stop the children is we hinder our children through our actions. Maybe you've been in this place where you have been working on a project with your, one of your kids or you're doing something and you're letting them learn and you're, but it's taking too long and it's getting too, too tense for you and you decide, you know what, just let me do it. And you step in and you take over and you finish it and it's done. What have we done? We've hindered the blessing. We've stopped the progress by our actions. We've stepped in and intervened when we thought it would be better, but really, it's just our own preference. You know, maybe it's your actions of how you schedule your time. Maybe it's one of those things where, where you're spending so much time at, at work or so much time doing things you want that your kids are looking at you and saying, I need your attention. I need you to focus on me. I need you to show me by your actions that you love me, that you care for me, that you want to bless me. We hinder through our actions and how we act. Sometimes we hinder through our words. We stop a blessing by what we say. You see, our words have the power to give life and also to bring death, the Bible says. 
Our tongue is the most powerful muscle in the body. And our words over our children or any children can hinder a blessing. You see, kids are listening to us, adults. They're listening to the things you say. They're, they're, they're waiting to hear certain things from you. They're, they're waiting to hear certain ways that you respond by what you say to other people. You may not even be talking to them, but they're listening. I'm really, I'm really uh, uh, bad at this, but uh, God's helping me. One of the ways I hinder my kids is a lot of times things don't come up until bedtime. And I have a bad habit of scolding my kids right before bed. So there's been times in my life where the last thing my kids have heard me say was something out of anger towards them. That breaks my heart that I failed them in that way. You see, we, we hinder our children by the words we say. The timing of those words. Yes, there's times for correction and, and training and discipline. But it doesn't have to be right before they go to bed. So the last thing they hear is you yelling at them. You getting on to them. You scolding them. God help me. There's times at the dinner table where I'm just as bad. My kids, they love to learn. They won't admit it, but they do. And I know this because they'll come to the dinner table and they'll start to share the things they've learned. They start to share facts and they start to share things that, that interest them. And I'm one of those geeks that knows a lot of silly information. And so the kids might say something at the dinner table and I'll say something to this effect. Well, actually, that's not really right. And I'll correct them because I know the more silly information. When reality is, I should probably just sit there and bite my tongue and smile and nod and enjoy the presence of my kids. God's helping me because there's times when I don't want to hear about these crazy facts and these crazy things. It just doesn't interest me. But I'm learning. I don't want to hinder through my words. I don't want to stop a blessing that they may receive from their dad as he interacts with them. What is it for you? Do you have trouble hindering your children with the words you say or the things that you do? I think sometimes as grown-ups, we need to realize that God gave us two ears and one mouth for a reason. That we need to slow down, stop, listen more before we speak. Amen? All the children said amen. <laughs> we need some help as parents sometimes. As we look at our text, Jesus challenges his disciples. In verse 14, he says, when he saw the disciples pushing the kids away, the Bible says he got angry with his disciples. He said, let the children come to me and don't stop them. I believe that Jesus was getting a little stern with his children, so to speak. He was getting angry, as the Bible tells us. And I can just imagine Jesus is like, hey guys, you don't know everything. You don't know the best for these kids. Why don't you let me be God and you guys just calm down a little bit? 
I can just see Jesus kind of saying that and correcting his disciples in this moment. Why don't you guys just hold on just a minute? I've got this. Let the children come to me. Don't stop them. I think sometimes us grown-ups in the church, we need to hear that same thing. Let's stop trying to figure it all out and do what we think is best. Let's stop and let God bless our kids, amen? And in doing so, you and I will be blessed. That's the third way that we do this, is we just need to stop and let God bless them. And as he does, it'll bless you. I want to share this last story and then we'll close up, okay? Sometimes when God blesses a child, it blesses us even more so. I went, I went to kids camp one year as a sponsor. In my flesh, I, don't, I hope that never has to happen again. God didn't call me into children's ministry, and so that's a tough place for me to be, I'll be honest. I'm sitting at kids camp one summer with, with our kids that we sent, and I'm waiting for the service to begin, and in this particular camp, the, the workers of the camp would pick out the students to come and to lead worship. And we had fun. We had a great time of worship at kids camp, but I remember... This one day in particular, it was in the middle of the week, getting close to the end. I could see the light at the end of the tunnel. I could see my own bed at home. And God checked me that night. As I looked up to the front of that sanctuary, and I saw these kids leading us in worship. And one of them was mine. And I just sat there and cried. Because I finally just said, God, you bless them. And I'll sit and receive as well. And it never fails, even this morning, watching these kids up here <laughs> and seeing the smile come over their face as they lead us in worship. Wow, sometimes we grown-ups just need to stop. Let God do the blessing. And if we're fortunate, we will be blessed as well. Amen? Amen? Jesus wants to bless the children. So I ask us as we close this, how do we help to bless the children today? First thing is this, it begins in your heart. It's personal. Each and every one of us can make a choice. Will you receive the children? Will you receive the children and let them come? Jesus goes a little bit further and he says, you know what? You must have faith like a child if you ever want to see the kingdom of heaven. It begins in our heart. It's personal. We can bless the children because it's foundational at home. Parents, this is us. It's not just depending on the school's Thank God it's not us depending on the schools. It's us at home. I thank God that it's not just us sending our kids to church and saying, good luck. But it's foundational at home, mom and dad, grandma and grandpa. How are we blessing our children? <laughs> well, you might be sitting there saying, you know, I don't have children at home, so I guess that doesn't affect me that's okay 
That's, that may be true for you, but I can tell you this. You still have a chance to bless children because it does continue at church for the body of Christ to help bless our children. You have a role to play. You have a, a job that you can do to help to welcome the kids, to bless the children. They are watching us, amen? They see what we're doing. They hear the words that we say. They're watching us at church, folks. We, as a church body, must be a church that embraces our children. We must continue to be a church that prioritizes our children. We must continue to find ways to help each child come to know Jesus as their personal Savior and Lord. Matthew 18, verse 3 says how important this is to us. Then he said, I tell you the truth, unless you turn from your sins and become like these little children, you will never get into the kingdom of heaven. So my question to us as we close, will you receive the kingdom of God as a child today? Will you receive the kingdom of God as a child today? Would you stand with me? Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? And I want to just close in prayer. Remind us today that Jesus' words have some weight for us. Don't stop the children. Bless the children. Receive Jesus like a child today. Father God, would you just come and remind us this morning that you are God. That you are this incredible, incredible, good, good Father. You are our example that we can look to. You are the Heavenly Father that loves His children, that you want to bless each and every one of your, your kids this morning. God, would you help each and every one of us today to be reminded that we too must accept you we too must trust you like a child trusts us. Would you help us, Lord, to receive your love, your grace, your faithfulness, your forgiveness today as a child and to put our trust and our hope in the blessing that you have for each and every one of us. Thank you for the truth of your word. Thank you for opportunities for us to bless our children. I pray that you go, from, go with us from this place today and help us to cling to your truth, we pray in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, amen, amen. Have a great day. We'll see you tonight at 6.30.